0: Going to VAR. They're checking. Hey, Check complete.
1: Let's head over to the bar. The bar. Yes, 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 yes. And we're back again with another episode of the VARPA. VARPA? Jeez. VARPA. Mass. <laughs> Bit of a snooze still. But yeah, jam packed episode. Um, obviously, where we will discuss two game weeks worth of incidents, wahalas, L's, dubs, the whole lot. Of course, I'm joined by Chocolate Boy T Toast. How you doing, Come fella? On. yeah, G. not still. My G. Press Keeks, how we doing?
2: Yeah, good, mate. How you doing?
1: Good, good, good. And last but certainly not least, Mr. Wisey. Yeah, it's great over here.
3: Yeah. How how was the hosting last week, man? Oh, well, I mean, you had the episode
1: yourself, pal. It was... <laughs> hey, we weren't I'm missed, man. We weren't missed, bro. <laughs> Might give yeah, you another man. gig, Yeah, for it. real. For real. Oh.
3: Right, paid actors, I will definitely get your money to you after this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Say no more, man. Let's get with the shits, man, because um, we'll just start with United, actually. Um, back-to-back dubs against um, rivals Arsenal and then uh, Crystal Palace at home. Um, Carrick leaving United for good after the Arsenal dub. Ralph Ragnick debuting with a dub as well at his first home games. So, I mean, Prez got two questions actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, what have you made of Carrick leaving United for good? Because to me, that came as a surprise. And two, what have you made of Ralph Ragnick's United today?
2: Uh, yeah, to be honest, I was shocked at the Carrick departure myself. I thought, uh, it was you know, him leaving was something we all knew about. Um, we all knew that he was going to step down, rather from the um, manager position, uh, once mm-hmm. we had the the interim uh, sorted out. But yeah, I thought that he would stick around um, in some capacity, um, maybe a part of the coaching staff uh, should Ragnick um, have him on. But there was also the risk of um, him being sacked anyway. Like, should Ragnick come in and say? These are the backroom staff I want. So I don't know whether he was trying to kind of get ahead of the the, the game and prevent that and kind of leave on his own terms. Um, mm. But regardless, I was I was a little bit shocked uh, by it, man. Um, second question, Ragnick. Uh, yeah, man. To be honest, listening to him in the uh, the press conference prior to the game uh, on Saturday he he talks with purpose he talks with intent he talks with energy and you know he's a student of the game um with loads of knowledge of uh, the game of football and it's just nice to hear him talk it's nice to hear him um, you know, give succinct answers to the questions he's asked, especially around, you know, the squad, uh, what he intends to do during his uh, time as a coach within the six and a half months and, you know, the vision that he has for the players. So uh, it was refreshing to hear. I feel like uh, in the Crystal Palace game, we've started to see uh, some of the things that he wants to to implement in the team. Um, I felt we played uh more in the opposition half uh you know our center backs pretty much our back four was was playing in uh, very
1: very high in it very very high very high mm-hmm.
2: and that was uh, one of the the key things I noticed certainly within the first 20, uh, 20 minutes of the game. Obviously, it wasn't expected that we would kind of maintain that level because it has only been a short period that we've started doing that. Um, you know, with the the intense pressing and um, uh, chance creation that we were doing within the, the first 20 minutes. But... You can, clear, you can clearly see that there is an intent there. And, you know, he said after the game that he was even surprised that we were able to maintain that level for as long as we were. Um, obviously, towards the back end of the game, um, sort of the the middle, uh, uh, middle part of the game, we weren't able to maintain that level. But, you know, we got our goal and we kept our structure, um, defended well, uh, and it didn't look frantic, which I think is the main thing that I took away. Um, and hopefully we can build on it from here.
1: He's also mentioned, like, um, um, in his previous interviews as well, that he wants United to have more control of the game. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was achieved today as well with um, against certainly, Palace?
2: Certainly, man. I feel like um, Palace, bar the, the uh, odd counter threat here and there, they weren't really in the game that much. Um, I feel like, like I said, defensively, we were a lot more structured. Uh, possession wise uh for the most part we looked after the ball um and we we controlled the narrative for the large part of the game so mm. you know what we expect from here is um you know from the chances we do create in the game to just uh, begin to start converting and you know stepping on stepping on necks as it as it were um and I'm, I'm hoping that we will begin to see that
1: this is a question for everyone, actually, because press help us with this one. Because obviously, Carrick, what, what what was his record? Like two wins, uh, two
2: two wins, no two uh, wins and a draw.
1: Two wins and a draw, yeah. yeah. So he he kind of like steadied the ship a bit for United. Mm-hmm. Um, do do you guys think he has a career in management? Because Bruno came out and said like he he thinks he does. I think Ronaldo said the same as well. Do you guys think that you've seen enough from him in this with this United team?
3: I think he gets enough to get given a chance. Hmm. Like, he proved that there's a bit of change to the team. And at the end of the day, I mean, there were three quite impressive results. I mean, going away to Villarreal was not an easy game. Obviously, yeah, away yeah. to the bridge, they played okay. I mean, it wasn't any progressive football, but they got the result, which at the end was the main thing. And then who did you guys beat in, beat in midweek? I can't remember. Arsenal. Oh. Arsenal, yeah. Boy, so no comment
1: um <laughs>
3: but, uh, <laughs>
1: that's a given
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. at the end of the day they're all three quite big games he performed in all of them so I think he'd get given a shot you probably suspect somewhere like a championship club or maybe he goes and be like a first assistant at another big team to continue his education mm. but he's definitely shown enough to be warranted an opportunity I'd
1: say I think for me yeah and this know, is man. this is not me being like a united agenda like y'all y'all have to stop with this but for me I think like the results obviously the results has has worked in his favor but I think a little bit of context needs to be applied um especially the know. the Villarreal game obviously where a huge mistake obviously made them of, of made united made them of course win the game and then against Arsenal I mean the Arsenal game do we attribute it to him? I'm not sure. Chelsea, maybe I can say that because he made huge, he made big, he made big decisions um in terms of the lineup, like leaving Ronaldo on the bench, starting with um Rashford and Sancho up front. Um, it worked out until obviously uh Chelsea got the penalty. So I think maybe only in that game I saw like his um, you know, somewhat his decision making and like his tactics. But I don't know, I don't want to give him too much credit for those, for those results as of yet. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen enough.
0: I kind of feel as if Carrick for starters shouldn't have been kept on after Oli left because in my opinion, the way I see it, I would feel like a first teams coach, a first teams coach like role on on, on the pitch, on the training pitch, may actually have a slightly bigger impact than what um, a manager's does in a way. And to just be because the manager is ultimately the decision maker. On the pitch during the game and yeah sure a manager may have a philosophy but i'd like to think that his backroom staff and his first team coach is trying to implement that philosophy on the pitch so for me yeah sure two wins one draw but in my in my personal opinion i think it was just i don't necessarily think it was michael carrick himself it was just i mean we see it all the time when a, like when a manager leaves um the players almost owe it to themselves the club the fans to kind of step up and kind of put in a couple of good performances in it so i personally
1: i don't i, I wouldn't credit any of United's like, last three results to michael carrick personally what did you want to say for us because um this-
2: yeah just uh, i guess two two parts to it so just in response to toast's opinion so carrick apparently was and I don't know how true this is but this is just from what i've read uh carrick has apparently in the past under ole as the first team coach, along with the rest of the staff, uh, the coaching staff have tried to make uh, other suggestions in terms of the way uh, the team sets up and uh, tactically how how they set up for games. But ultimately, it's Ole that makes that final decision. In and I don't know if this is how you know it's structured everywhere uh, in terms of every team, but. Carrick apparently tried to put forward uh, different tactics, such as maybe trying free at the back earlier, um, You know, the whole uh, back and forth about pressing, trying to do all of that stuff. But Ole was the one who was kind of almost vetoing those suggestions and going ahead with what he wanted to do. How true that is, I don't know. But in terms of the three games that Carrick uh, took over as caretaker manager for, I do agree with you. It is a pinch of salt thing, and it's a very, very small sample size. Um, obviously the players are aware that a new manager is likely to be coming in and they obviously want to especially in the Arsenal game I felt like a lot a lot of what you saw (laughs) they were they were fighting for their lives boy they (laughs) they were playing for their shirts basically so in terms of that that added motivation to put on a performance that was probably a lot of what you saw as well so for me I think you know, to say, ah, oh, Carrick could be a great coach. The sample size is way too small for me. I don't even think that he has all the badges to be a full, um, uh, a fully fledged coach of a, a professional team. So he'd need to obviously do all of that stuff first. But, um, if that is his, uh, you know, his goal, he should definitely start smaller you know, a championship team, uh, maybe a League One team. and, and Bro, kind of Even
1: a youth team, man. Yeah. 21 yeah. or something.
2: Yeah, exactly. And just kind of work his way through and, and find out what it is that he actually wants to do as a coach. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Let me go to Jake. um, Because obviously, um, one player in that United team that has been kind of moving mad, in my opinion, is Pastor Fred, doing a back-to-back man of the match performances, Boy. formerly known as part of the Pivot problem with McTominay But it's looking lately That You know He's showing that It's just McTominay that's the, that's the problem I mean Can Fred still have a future At United Or And become an important piece For them Or are we getting guests? Obviously oh, Price, yeah. You can answer after him
3: I mean, if he keeps playing like that, then yes, obviously. But I mean, two games in a row is his best form ever at United. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold fire, considering after the last couple of years what we've seen. I mean, he's playing Rand playing more to his strengths. When you're playing that double pivot, Fred needs to play with a lot more control, mm-hmm. and that's just not. We've obviously seen that that's not his game. Whereas in this Rani system, where he is just pressing like crazy, and he can use all the energy that he has. He looks a lot better. Like, he's always looked a lot better going forward, but this, like, he looks leaps and bounds from the player that we know as Pastor Fred.
1: Was he always this great of a? presume you could ask it, but was he always this great of a? What do you call it? Like a ball winner? If I'm, I if I'm,
2: yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jake. I think for me, from what I've seen, I feel like that's always been one of his strengths. But it's something that he. I don't know whether the the system wasn't suited to him, but in terms of like um, duels and you know, one v one battles in the midfield, and you know, just being a menace and cutting off, you he's know, lit, um, passes. Man. Yeah, he he does all of that stuff really well. Um, so yeah, I think what I like to see from Fred most is when he he wins the ball back in those um positions and transitions it, and then he's able to kind of either f- help form the attack or or get involved a little bit, and if. This is something that we can continue to see him do, then yeah. Why why couldn't he become? Uh, and it's a complete, it's a sensational turnaround from from my opinion because I didn't rate the guy at all. But if he can kind of string these performances together and and put together some real form, then yeah, you could. I could definitely see him becoming a, a, a important part of Ragnick's uh, team.
1: Because mm. I remember in the Chelsea game when I think you mentioned it or Char mentioned it, and then. Um... Jake was getting a bit, getting a bit touchy about it, saying that. <laughs> but that's why, that's why I asked Jake about Pastor Fred. But yeah, man, Pastor Fred, in my opinion, he's been looking, he's been looking decent. And to be honest, to to give a bit of credit to him, it's not been just these games, but also in the latter stages of Ole's Ole's tenure, he's been a little bit the shining light in that United team for sure. So, yeah, man, shout out him. Let's see, let's see. Um, let's go to another United player. Um, press because um, obviously you've been a big big bruno fernandez fan ever since he landed um he divides opinion within the football football fan globe scope um but obviously something that we can't you know question is his goal contribution for the club because that's been fantastic especially this first mm. one and a half seasons at your club but obviously this season is looking a bit uh, it's not going so well Why? why do you think that is
2: yeah, uh, I'm glad that you actually touched on his goal contributions because I saw something recently that I think he's played, it'll be 101 games now, I think, for the club. And he's got like over 70 goal contributions, which is like crazy. Can't,
1: can't question that.
2: Like, Yeah, you can't question that statistically. Like that's a a, a mad, mad stat. Um, but I feel like, I, th- I think I mentioned it, what, uh, last pod, that there are some parts of Bruno Fernandez's game that, do bring, certainly bring frustration out of me. Um, like the the low efficiency, I think is something that um, I've spoken about before where his passing is, he, he always looks for the Hollywood pass. And it was the same thing again uh, today against Crystal Palace, uh, where you would think that the better option would be to, to just keep it simple. Uh, but as he's the output beast, quote unquote, he always wants to look for that uh, that pass that will give him the the assist or uh, you know create a, a, an opportunity for himself. So I feel like part of what needs to happen um, under this this Ragnik reign is he maybe a little bit of a leash needs to be put on him because I still think he's a he's a quality player in terms of you know his attributes and what he can do. Um, but he just needs to to be given some some clear instructions and, and guidance and not be just left to do. Uh, whatever it is that he wants to do, lack of you, Do you heart.
1: not think that might that might be that might be um, that might become his downfall? Because he really looks to me like a go do your thing type of player, not a do this do this type of player. Do you know what I'm saying? Like
2: I, I do hear you, I do hear you, and we probably will see a fall in his numbers as a result. I think that's probably the main thing um, that you know the downside that we'll see, but. For me, I would prefer the efficient Bruno. I would prefer the the Bruno that uh, is involved in the game, but not necessarily looking for the Hollywood pass every time to get his numbers. Do you know what I mean? I mm. I feel like he does have the ability, so I, I do want to see him in the team. Um, and his numbers might fall as a result, but the collective upside that the team will get is that we're creating better. Uh, you know, the goal the goal uh contributions are shared around the team, and you know,
1: for, for that, for that though, that you're asking from him, do you? Who, mm-hmm. Wouldn't Van der Beek be a better suited player for that?
2: Um, it's really depending on what Ragnick decides to play, man. Because today he played like a four-two-two-two, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, Rashford, uh, Ronaldo up top, Sancho and Bruno on either side. Then, obviously, Fred and McTominay in the central midfield positions. It, it really depends on. Uh, it's a horses for courses thing, right I think that he'll choose his team based On uh, you know who we're Playing mm. um, but For me I wouldn't even be against Bruno being dropped if needs to be
1: mm. if, if, This if, is where I was
2: going With this yeah if I'm needs to sure. be Like it's not I'm not saying I'll oh, just take him out the Team completely because he's <laughs> he's inefficient And doesn't do what we need him to but mm. If it means like say a Pogba Comes back I feel like when Pogba Comes back uh, him on in the position that Bruno played today, I feel like he'd be fantastic there. That's some something like in an attacking wide area, uh, maybe on the left hand side of that too. That he he would probably really thrive in, and if that means okay, Bruno take a seat, because it's it's not likely that he's going to be in one of the positions uh, that Fred or McTomin, uh, McTominay occupied today. So if that means that there's almost like a, they interchange, um, then. Yeah, I'd be well up for that. I don't. I don't think Bruno's undroppable. Um. So yeah, that's something that I I would probably like to see, or wouldn't be against seeing if it happened.
1: Calm, interesting. All right, man. Let's see. Um. Let's go. Let's go to the red half of North London then. Um. As Arsenal, you know, they will play. I think tomorrow against Everton away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you didn't play this weekend. So, But you had a clash at OT against one of your fiercest rival. Game ended in a 3-2 defeat. Now, that game at OT was ultimately your opportunity to enter top four for the first time in about two years, I think. <laughs> and also, all but then United's hopes for a challenge for the top four. Um, It wasn't to be in the end. So, how disappointed were you after the convincing win versus Newcastle? And especially with how you started the game?
0: Extremely disappointed, man. Um, just another case of man. There's, there's, there's a, <laughs> there's a number, there's a number of different things that I could, I could go to, man. But honestly, like I think it really frustrates me because, um, and not to say, not to say, um, Arteta is to blame for the, the result. I think it, it came down to individual mistakes at the end. But I think what frustrates me is among Arsenal fans, a lot of Arsenal fans say that they're seeing. to use your phrase, they're seeing the vision under Arteta Mm. and I'm not seeing that in terms of game management and I'm not seeing that defensively. I mean, everybody knows that we've been pretty woeful um, like on the offensive part of the field but a lot of Arsenal fans are under the impression that we're a much better defensive team and I have to just kind of disagree, man, like as in we're not consistent enough defensively. United had 10 shots on target in the game they had eight shots on target in the first half it's absolutely criminal to for for a team for a team to have eight shots on target in any half in the premier league (laughs) and for me thomas Partey and uh, i i didn't i didn't ever want to have to get to this but the guy is honestly just living off vibes and like past glory because the performances i'm seeing from this lad like in the last couple of months have just been abject man they've just been they've been so below par, man. But finally, like Odegaard, I don't know if he was too gassed from the fact that he equalised, but at a top level, man, you learn this when you're five, you don't go sliding in the box, like if you're not going to win the ball, man, Mm. it's just, it's an unacceptable way to kind of lose a football match. But overall, we didn't defend well enough to score. I mean, if you score two goals at OT and you leave with no points, like, come on, man, it's it's, it's unacceptable, man. But overall, the the defence weren't good enough. So, we deserve, we deserve everything we get. Like We could have had a chance to go in, to move into the top four, or be thereabouts next to West Ham. And now we're back down to seventh, going to Goodison, not knowing what sort of result we're going to get. So very disappointing, man.
1: I hear you, man. Um, Prez, obviously, I had this question actually prepared for Shalom because I knew I was going to get a brilliant answer, but here we are. Um, but let, let's talk about Thomas. Toast already alluded to it small but he came in obviously with much promise and obviously Arsenal bought him and let Torero go, um, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, triggered release clause and that. In this fixture last season, he was probably the man of the match. Arsenal fans were gassed because he, he locked up Pogba and co. Um, now he looks a total different player. He has been injured lately, to be completely fair to him, but in general, how would you, from the outside looking in, um, rate Thomas's time so far at Arsenal?
2: Uh, underwhelming, I think is the word that I would use. Uh, Thomas Partey came in with, I think, even you know, as a non-Arsenal fan, coming into the Premier League, I had high expectations for him uh, in terms of what he could add to this Arsenal team. Um, you'd expect that there would be stability. Um, you, you'll get, you're getting a ball winner or at least that's what Arsenal fans thought they were getting. A ball winner, someone who knows how to control the game from deep positions, um, composed on the ball uh, and able to transition from midfield as well. So um, like a well-rounded midfield player that, you know, would more than strengthen the the crop of midfielders that Arsenal had. And I feel like in terms of a trade-off f- for what they were getting um, versus who they let go in Terreira they were getting the better end of the deal um that's what it looked like to me but i just feel obviously coupled with uh, the fact that he hasn't been able to stay fit but when he has been on the pitch it just is like the game just passes him by most times and he he doesn't you know really contribute in in any uh, in any sphere of the game so yeah is 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 very it is very concerning um it is very concerning especially in the in a big game or yeah quote unquote big game against united you would expect him and the rest of the players to look a little bit more up for it but yeah he was just uh below below expectations in in every in every sense so uh, i don't know man i feel like we do have these discussions with arsenal players and these niggling injuries they seem to consistently get through the season and i think we've previously mentioned on pod um you know the regime uh that they're put through um that may be causing these injuries but i don't know i don't know what it is man i don't know what
1: it is it's london man <laughs> london London, yeah man um then um obviously you alluded to it before um but obviously west ham have created further distance for the top four on on you guys, Arsenal, but you've got a game in hand against Everton, win that, and you'll be one point behind them again. Um, just, just sum up the importance of this game. And do you also think that top four is not like beyond you at this stage? Top four, season?
0: top four definitely isn't beyond us. Um, I think just based on the performances that we've put in against the teams that are, should I say either around us or below us, um, so all of the the losses we've taken this season were against, I believe, uh, Man United, City, Liverpool, Chelsea. So I mean, we're, we're not even we're not even exactly we're not competitive in the games that um, for the teams above us. But in terms of the performances we've been seeing against the teams surrounding us, we I mean, do you know what I mean? We we've been putting in performances and we've been getting results, which is why the United result is even more so disappointing having gone gone a goal up but the way West Ham are playing again and they've, they've beaten Liverpool, they've they've beaten um, United, they've beaten um, pretty much everybody they've had needed to face the better teams this season. I wouldn't bank on us beat, um, t- toppling West Ham before the end of the season but so I, I'm not going to say that this Everton game is definitive but with the games coming thick and fast in December by the end of the month, it could be like a nine or ten point gap if we're not careful. So, it's that, I mean, if anything, it's more of a bounce back performance that we need rather than necessarily a result. But man, again, and I've said it many times this season, week to week, you never know what you're going to get. But I think because we've played so disappointingly and lost against United, it wouldn't surprise me if we if we collect a dub against a
1: struggler in Everton, you know? But it's yeah, suckered, I mean, they're, it's awesome. they're very poor, man. Yeah. But I think the teams around you are like, um, I'll discuss that further later, but West Ham, Spurs and um, United. I think Spurs and United, especially, they have like a bit of an easy December in comparison to you guys. So against these teams, like Everton, you you guys need to collect points, man. Otherwise, it's tight. All right, man. (laughs) Let's go to Chelsea then. West London. After a not so impressive win, we Watford midweek, West Ham away. Beckon for you, man. The giant killers eventually took Chelsea's head as well after beating City in the cup and Liverpool at home as well. Um, Jake, Edouard Mendy being a key contributor in the L yesterday, uh, but do we solely put the blame on him, or do you think the whole team stunk?
3: Um, the whole team stunk. Like really, yeah. Yeah, Thiago Mm. Silva was losing the ball carelessly once or twice in the first half. Like, he looked nervous. Rudiger, his normal aggressive self, like Bowen, just really took advantage of that and constantly going behind on his side. Christensen could not handle Antonio. He was constantly losing aerial battles. Alonso has proven to be a very incapable replacement for Chilwell. And then Rhys James was just, was quiet yesterday so I I thought all around our defense was bad like you look at the first goal Jorginho sells him short like I think Mendy could have should well should have obviously just twatted the ball (laughs) for lack of a better term but he he wanted to see if he could play it take some out like but I blame Jorginho more but it's like a 60-40 split Mm. and then second goal that's just a good goal right it's losing the second ball and Boeing with a great finish can't really stop that. The third goal was just a fluke. I like, I think <laughs> Hoddle and BT was going mental, saying Mendy has to do better, has to do better. He's crossed it. He's expecting a cross, and he goes top corner. Like
1: yeah, but that was weird. That yeah, that was a weird goal, man. That it, I don't know yeah, if it exactly. was wind or it, I don't know. That's, that's why
3: I'm sat there and I don't fully blame him because who is expecting that? Like if he had saved it, like bear in mind how tall is Edu, Edu Mendy? He's what six five maybe. Mm. Like, he's a big kid and he's barely getting to that. Like That was just a perfectly placed cross <laughs> that just went in the top corner. Like I'm not going to sit there and criticise the man when he's been brilliant for us ever since he came in. Mm. Like, but I, I thought that just the team performance defensively was bad. I, I mean, Tosh just brought up for Arsenal, but you can't go away from home, score two goals and not get at least a draw. Mm. and they were just it was just individual errors that cost us and they've been costing us for a, a good week or so now
1: I think the way West Ham set up against these because obviously the way you feel right now that's exactly how I felt in, in that West Ham games like a us a, us a, like a, a not needed L because you feel like on another day if we play this match again we'll beat them and mm. yeah that's that's how I felt man so I completely understand where you're coming from but to give West Ham credit as well, the way they set up against these big teams, man, they, they seem to, get it, oh, to they, get it right every single they were brilliant.
3: time, brilliant. They, they deserve the point, at least. Mm. Like, without a doubt. I can't sit there and go, Chelsea definitely should have won that match. It was it was an even game and they deserved their point. Like, they defended brilliantly. They, like, even for conceding two goals. Like, it was... It's just one of those things. Like, I, I'm sat here annoyed. I'm more annoyed about the Watford result and we won that game. So... <laughs> Sorry, the yeah. Watford performance, not the Watford result.
1: Yeah, yeah, the performance was, yeah, woeful, man. That was
3: horrific. Like, before the unfortunate heart attack, and it's good to hear that the Watford fan is all good at the minute, relatively speaking, of course. But um, that first 10 minutes, we had one touch in their half. Oh, that's a bit <laughs> against a team that just got promoted. That is disgusting behaviour. Toast T- 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 went to that game, right? He did indeed.
1: Yeah, man. How how was it from the stance? What the the incident you mean? No, no, I mean the Watford game.
3: The Watford game.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, it was good. It was obviously good to see like the players live in the flesh. It's been a while since I've been to a, a game live. Um I've, it's funny because um obviously I've had Havertz in my FPL team for a lot of the season and like he actually played well. Like the guy's actually a very intelligent player, like very good touches, a lot of good runs. I think with Havertz, it's just the cold returns and like the like uh yeah, the goal returns really, like the assists and the goals are are lacking a little bit. But um in terms of his play, like yeah, extremely intelligent. Um Mason Mount, goal and assist, Ran the show and Dennis as well, man. A lot of, a lot of credit to him, man. He's he's basically keeping Bonaventure. Love, man. But, uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Bonaventure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Very, very good player, man, as well. Like um what man, like it was allowed, in it, man? I think that's one thing I'd, t- I'd take away from it. Like, home advantage definitely has an effect having, my like, fans back at the stadiums, for sure. Mm.
1: All right, man. Press. Let me go to another Chelsea player. um, Melu Lukaku. So, obviously, mm-hmm. back fit again, but has constantly found himself on the bench. Which is understandable because he had a, I think, a muscle injury, right, Jake? I, b- I believe so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, understandable. But, um, 97 M's from Inter, started his first couple of games well for Chelsea, but now seems to struggle, you know, even when he's coming on, he's not really getting a ball, not getting a service, but he's also not really inserting himself into the game. Um, do you think this is a tempor- temporary thing or will it not, not, not click for him at all?
2: Yeah, What's this on? one because I've always deemed Lukaku a confidence player in it, so if he can't get a run in a team, you're not going to get the best out of Lukaku, regardless. Or if Lukaku's not made to felt that to feel like he's one of the main guys, you're not going to get the best out of Lukaku. I feel for me, it seems like although yes, he's just coming off a, a an injury that sidelined him for a bit. You'd think that, as you mentioned, the the price tag um, would mean, or it should mean, or the importance of the player. Um, would mean that you'd see him come back into the team fairly quickly, or be reintegrated back in quicker than he is. Because, as you've mentioned, the the times that he is coming on, are, he's getting scraps minutes. Really, it's not you know at key points in the game. Um, so, for me, it's it's a it's a difficult one because you know, as I say, I don't think you're going to get the best Lukaku on un, unless you give him his his run of games and. I almost feel like Tuchel is, and Jake, do correct me if I'm wrong, but like he he puts the winning first, right? So he puts the winning first before the players. So if he feels like this group of players is getting him uh, the results he wants, or I think the, he puts the,
1: the non lose, not losing first, personally.
2: Okay, yeah, okay. So winning yeah. or or not losing. So putting he puts that ahead of the uh the happiness of the players if you like so if it means that um you know even with uh with Chilwell it took him a while for him to even get into the team and um, he was you know holding bench for a long time before he finally played his way in so is it a case of Suchel is like listen I don't I'm I need to not lose games I need to win games you're gonna to have to hold this time on the bench whilst my focus is getting through these games kind of thing. I don't know this that's the kind of impression I get Jake. I don't know what you think
3: um I get where you're coming from, but I do disagree mm-hmm. because like bring up Lukaku like he's said it in every press conference recently because he's been constantly asked about it that he's not match fit. he's fit in training and Lukaku says that he's ready to come back. But Tuchel consistently says him and his medical team that he's not ready to play a full game. So he doesn't mm-hmm. want him starting because he's just not sharp. And like the West Ham game, you saw that. Like, it just, he just stood in between, who was it? Because Zuma came off, so it was Dawson and Diop and just wasn't impacting it. Mm-hmm. So I'm absolutely fine with that. And then with Cheerwell, like Chilwell came out and said that I wasn't mentally right after England, because he didn't. He was one of the few people to not touch the pitch. Mm-hmm. So Tuchel said, "Well, you've got to get yourself right, and you've got to prove that you're ready to get back in." And so I'm not going to risk you. And then, to be fair, Alonzo was playing well. As soon as Alonso stopped playing well, Chilwell was back in. So I get where you're coming from, but I think there are reasons for those two players. Lukaku, like, yeah, I've I've said this before in the pod many times. The way we use him is just incorrect. Like, we use him as a put him in between the center backs and see what he can do. Whereas at Inter, he proved he was so good with his build at playing, so good when you involve him. Like, he got, he did what Harry Kane did in England 20 plus goals, 10 plus assists in the league. Like, you can use him and get him involved a lot more than what he's doing right now, which is just standing up top and trying to look good. So, do you know?
2: Sorry, Andy. Just talking briefly without the, uh deviating too much but like just back to my point of Tuchel putting the results and not losing first so the likes of um you know Verner, uh maybe Pulisic to a degree do you would you say that's just down to, to fitness as well
3: I think it is like I'm because Pulisic can't stay fit and mm. Werner's been out for a while but then the problem I've been having with Verner is that he can't be the striker, but he, he needs to be one of the guys off it because otherwise, when he plays up top, he just does fucking nothing. And it's infuri- it is infuriating to watch him because like we obviously know about the goal-scoring record and we can go into that detail, but we already know it's tragic. But like last season, I think for Chelsea, he's already provided 16 assists or something like that, which is a crazy number for a striker. So at least he was still contributing to goals. So I I think right now to Cal, like he's having to deal with a lot of fitness concerns. Like we've been the m- most rotated squad since I think Fergie's United in some like 2000, 2002. Like the amount of changes we've had to make is I think we've yeah, made. You've, you've
1: got key injuries, isn't it? I yeah, remember.
3: I think we made. I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's around like fifty-two changes in personnel already oh. at this time of the year. Like. I think it's less Tuchel's going with who he knows will do the result. He's just going with who he can. Like Our, th- yeah. our, our list right now, we've got Shalabas out with a hamstring injury. You've got Chilwell, obviously, out for whatever amount of time. You've got Kovacic and Kante both out. Jorginho's got a hip issue. You've got Werner, Ch- Pulisic... And Lukaku, all just coming back from injury. You've got Havertz who now might be injured after what happened in the West Ham game. Alonso now might be injured because he came off with a back issue. Like, yeah. I think at that point you just gotta say, what the fuck? Let's test
1: that squad, boy. Huh? That
3: that's what it is. I mean, December, everyone's gonna be playing a lot of games. And it's not as if it's gonna get easier for us because we get the club World Cup coming up soon. So we've got to deal with the fixture congestion that comes with that. So I always said, I said at the start of the season, you don't get excuses for injuries. We're a major club. Like you've, we've got the resources at play, but to is very much playing with a, I've got to put 11 fit players on the pitch to do what I can, not just 11 part-time players because he's already pushing them so hard. If you can't, almost guarantee they're gonna last 90 or have the better chance of lasting the 90, then you'll put you're already exposing yourself to a bit too much risk because the as soon as the injuries pile up like they do now, you're just gonna have to keep pushing more and more players. Mm-hmm. Like Jorginho, he's injured, but we have to play him because against Watford, like Toads can attest to Saul was fucking dog shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see why Atletico wanted to get rid of him. For a mid.
0: horrific man
3: Oh, he did not it? want the ball. He was scared of having the ball. I'm absolutely convinced of it.
1: <laughs> Premier League as as <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, I spun him.
3: Like I say, I can see why we wanted red. <laughs> He's played
1: two Premier
3: League games and has been dragged half time
0: in both. It's actually,
1: <laughs> thanks. Yeah. All right, Jake, let me stay with you Uh, with another Chelsea player um, that you've been vocal about, Hakim Ziyech. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You even said that you would like to see him sold. Uh, He saved you guys, though, versus Watford and was rewarded with a start v West Ham. I thought he played all right against West Ham as well. But obviously, rumours over here have it that Barcelona, Newcastle and even Real Madrid might be interested in grabbing him in January even. Uh, Where where do you stand with him now? Still sell or have you seen something? uh, Even a tiny bit where you think like...
3: "Mm, you know what, so off the ball he's improved loads like I think he feels a lot fitter now like Tuchel said he he is fitter now and he, off the ball you can see it like he's constantly chasing down people leading the press so he's been impressive off the ball he's just I liken him to Bruno at United with the risk reward like he came on against Watford I think about the 60th minute and within the first five minutes he had lost the ball three times on <laughs> just stupid stupid stuff And it's just infuriating. But then, yeah, like he comes and saves us with a great goal. And he's like scored a couple of key goals for us. Like he scored the first goal against Athlete in the Champions League last year, scored the first goal in the FA Cup semi final against City last year. Like he's a man for the big moment. And but he's just so infuriating. So, in terms of selling him, the only reason I don't want to sell him is because we don't have the bodies (laughs) at the minute, we just don't have people fit. Yeah. So, like, don't get me wrong; he still infuriates me massively. There's no reason to lose the ball like he does, uh, but I think he's going to stick around just because we need people in the summer. We can, we should definitely be revisiting it because, like, this is the prime of his career. He should be a top top player. We bought him for I think thirty 35. five-ish million, yep. something like that. Like, should be a top top player, and he's got the ability. It's just the consistency that I I get really pissed off with because there's no need, especially with some of the passes he can pick. Like against United, like he was just picking out all these like reverse passes that were just getting people so open. Like he sees things that other people don't. I've always said that, but he just the assist for Mason Mount as well against
1: West Ham. Yeah,
3: exactly. Like, that was a fantastic ball. I mean, Mason mm-hmm. made made it with the finish, but that was a great crossfield ball mm-hmm. and that was perfect for him. But then he just loses the ball in stupid positions two or three times a game. It's like, you don't need to.
1: You really don't need to. Yeah, man. That's that's what them players, man. That's what you get. But I think like if he... Look, like with Bruno, it, it, United boys can overlook it because his goal contributions is so high. But Ziyech is not there yet. So obviously... I exactly. Think if, if he was there, then you probably would yeah, look exactly. away. But yeah, it's not there. All right, cool. So let's go to Spurs then. Um, after Antonio Conte came out after the, I think the Conference League game, saying that this Spurs team is basically whack. and <laughs> It will be the hardest rebuild job in the history of rebuilds. Oh, man. Um, the players have responded fantastically since though. Obviously the game that weekend was cancelled um, versus Burnley. Um, but they've recorded back to back wins against low flyers Brentford and Norwich. More importantly, they've kept clean sheets in both games. So, toast, albeit against clear, clear weaker opposition and at home, it seems that obviously Antonio has found, um, or I mean, he's low key drumming it home to these players, bar Sir Harold Kane. I mean, we keep mentioning this fella. I said he will not score more than 15 goals. <laughs> You done is called me crazy. We are in December right now. He's still on one goal, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, one goal.
1: Can we finally start talking about a decline or is he still doubling down? This is a question for everyone as well, but <laughs> it's
0: it's um to be honest, I've not really been paying attention to the Tottenham game since um Conte's come in. So I I mean, like pre Conte, he was looking poor, but Harry Kane being Kane, I thought, you know what, he's going to find a way to bag. But I would be interested to see how he's actually been playing in the over the last couple of games, and mm. that that will probably give me a bit more of an indication in terms of um, how the rest of his season is going to go. I mean,
1: but I this, mean even this, even this today, summer, like sorry sorry, sorry Tos. Even today, right? They've scored three goals. He's got no goal involvements. It's like it's well, it's, it's, it's not typical. A, it's is it? an
0: interesting one, mm. but for me. This is somebody that has the trajectory to be Alan Shearer's record. Probably the, uh, the Premier League record, sorry. Probably the only player who even has a chance to come close to it. So I can't say in good conscience in December that Harry Kane is finished. You know what I mean? Because this is somebody that has consistently done it, like, in every ground, in every competition, at every level. So, I mean, something has to give at some point. Tottenham are winning games now. And you know what Harry Kane's like when he smells blood. Once he scores one, the rest will follow, and so I'm, I'm expecting that to continue at some point. Mm.
3: What I'll say, just to add on to that, is like the last three games because um, Son has kicked off right. He's got okay. a goal and assist today against Norwich. He got the like the side, not the deciding goal, but like the finishing goal against Brentford, that second goal. And um, like so, Son's expected goal involvement, so like 1.1. So, he was only supposed to get either one goal or assist, really. But he's got two goals and an assist. Kane was supposed has got two. So, he's doubled what Son uh, expected to do, in big quotation marks. But he's got no reward for it. So, he's definitely improved. Like By what I've read so far, he looks a lot more like the player we saw under Mourinho. He just hasn't been able to break that duck yet. Uh, but... Is he going to hit 15? I don't think so. But I, I'm I'm like toast. I just can't see a way that Harry King doesn't eventually shape up. Yeah, like, it, it's a bad season for him already. That's a fact. Like waiting for this long. I mean, you just go on Twitter now. It's like, oh yeah, Fred scored more Premier League goals. Steve <laughs> Okafor in 40 minutes of Premier League action has scored as many league <laughs> Premier League goals. It's just like long. that's when you know you've had a bad season at this point.
1: Yes, yeah, tight.
3: But. I think there's a bounce back coming even if it is like even if he just gets the double digits at this point for goals it's like um, you haven't saved your season but you're proving you're not done yet because mm. yeah at the end of the day he's now got a what five month audition for his neck for the summer for someone to come by him that that's what he has to look at right now it's like I've got five, I need to prove myself over the next five months that I am still Harry Kane And hope that someone comes in for me in the summer of massive striker movement that we all predict is going to happen.
1: (laughs) Let's see, man. Press, what do you think? Yeah,
2: I'm still of the opinion that Kane is um, far from dusted, but he does need to get his act together. Uh, I feel like we will begin to see more of Kane in terms of the goals because I feel like... Everything around Kane at the moment from what I've seen um, of Tottenham under Conte seems to to be clicking into shape certainly over the past two games Um, but I don't know like yeah Kane had a couple of chances today but
1: he he puts them in in the conference though. Yeah, he, he does. He's, seem course, to. he's course in that competition, so he does.
2: He does seem to. So he, I mean, it's not like he's completely lost the ability mm. to do it. It's just I don't know. He's got this this glass ceiling over his head in the Premier League, which I think event eventually he will break through. So we'll just have to sit tight, man. For now,
1: All right, Let's see, man. All right, Jake. Um, obviously in the Arsenal segment, we was talking about the battle of top four. Um, obviously, like like I said, it's looking like it's going to be between Spurs, West Ham, Arsenal and United for that fourth spot. Um, as you're a big fan of Conte, um, do, do you think that Spurs still have the best papers, in your opinion, to secure that fourth?
3: Well, that is a really good question. Um, I think the way West Ham are playing at the minute, they deserve to be favoured. Bro, we said that about Leicester, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we we did, but that that's Brendan Rodgers, and he's proved it twice now. That he, well, no, he's proved it three times really. That he loves a late season shitter. But mm-hmm. uh, like this West Ham team, they play like they play well. They play they play to their opposition. Mm-hmm. Like they take on their challenges. They've got goals all around the pitch. Like Jared Bowen at the minute looks fantastic. I love
1: that guy, man.
3: Yeah, and you think someone like they bought Vladges, Blazic, sorry, in the summer from Moscow from CSKA. He hasn't done a thing, but that's the sort of signing that could kick off in the second half. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben Rama, who's still doing well. Like Antonio has, I think, two goal in, no, one goal in his last eleven games. Yeah. But like they're still creaking out these results. Like you just think of them from set pieces, like the amount of sheer, sheer size they can put out. You can put out Zuma, Dawson, Diop, Suchek, and Rice. Uh, how do you defend that just from set pieces? And they proved it because they're the highest goal scorers, I think, outside of Liverpool. So they definitely deserve it. I think Spurs, if they're going to make a challenge for top four, A is just getting Harry Kane scoring. You need him and Son on form. Mm -hmm. And B, it's your defensive solidarity. I mean, you're still trotting out Ben Davis at left centre-back, Eric Dyer at centre-back, and Davinson Sanchez at right centre-back. Because I think Romero is done now for at least the rest of December. Is he injured? Yeah, he got injured in, what was it again, in the midweek game before Burnley. I think he got injured Mm -hmm. and Conte's already said he's out until at least the new year, if not longer. So they've really, like they've kept clean sheets in the last two. Yes, it's against Brentford and Norwich and Brentford were without, no, Brentford did have Tony in that game. Um, So... I can see him doing it, but do I think it's likely? No. And Mm -hmm. do West Ham deserve to be favoured over them? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. And then you've got United, who under this under Ragnick, could they do something easily? It's just
1: whether or not they can continue that momentum. Bro, with United, I'm not even looking at Ragnick, man. I'm just looking at one guy and one guy only that will take him to the promised land. So, uh, so, So therefore, for me, United have the best papers. Obviously, United. Should be doing way better than challenging for the top four with these, man. So, I think, in my opinion, they would claim it eventually. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: that's fair. Like they, they definitely have the squad for it. Mm. But I mean, I don't know what the points gap is now. But West Ham have can sit there and deservedly. I think that's the main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deservedly, say. I mean, right now to United, it's only three points. Spurs, if they win their game in hand, they go above United. If Arsenal oh, win their game in hand, they're one point behind West Ham. So yeah. It is massively tight between those guys, and like Arsenal get the benefit of no Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, man,
1: it's going to be interesting.
3: Without a shadow of a doubt, like going to be a great, great contest. That's the main thing. You've got a great title race, and you've got a great race for Europe. Like that makes an exciting Premier League.
1: Prez, um, not not to shit on your parade even further, but obviously, <laughs> like. This is obviously not what you envisioned. Envisioned your season to be in it, um, mm. but do you still think, like, obviously, as confident as you are, and the, the the teams that you're around, surrounded with for the top four, do you think as well that you guys should not not as it should in terms of like you have the the players. Of course, you do, but do you think you would ultimately get it regardless? Because of that's
2: the minimum at this point.
1: Mm. But yeah, I but- mean, what do you think? What do you think? Are you confident?
2: Yeah, yeah, I am confident that it will happen. Yeah. I feel like if you look at uh, West Ham, yes, they're in. You know, they had a little bit of a, a slide in their last couple of games uh, in the Premier League. Actually, will uh, be against one of those games being against a City. But
1: after the after the Liverpool game, they haven't won in it until yeah, Chelsea, they, I think. they yeah. won
2: their yeah, they won their game in the um in the Europa League. Europa, Uh, Yeah, after the Liverpool game, they had a little bit of a slide in the Premier League and um, I I expect them to have uh, a few more of them over the course of the season. Um, Not saying that they're unable of putting a a run of games together where they win, but I just feel like their lack of experience maybe will start to tell in terms of them as a a team being able to uh, cement their place inside the top four, especially with uh, the... Uh, the teams around them like your United's, like your your Tottenham's. And I'm sure you'll see, uh, you know, the the likes of um, the Arsenal start to come through as well. So I think having to compete with that and um, on top of the fact that they haven't really been there like that consistently, um, uh, you know, will play into the likes of United's hands. And I think we will ultimately, um, you know, seal, seal that top four spot. But mm. yeah, man, like like you say, it wasn't, Of course, it wasn't what we envisaged for our season, like you rightly said. But um, that should be the minimum expectation at this point.
1: Yeah. Uh, Toast. What about what about you, guys? I know you're also negative. You don't expect anything, but (laughs) you're 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 still in the round. If you beat West Ham, you're one point off. Um, you know, uh, West. uh, You're one point. If you beat Everton, you're one point off West Ham. Sorry. Even though Spurs got a game in hand as well, they might leapfrog you. Um. But what do you think? Are you confident of getting up fourth? Um,
0: I mean, yeah, like us, like you said, in it, we're in the mix. It's only fourteen games in, so it's another, what, well, another twenty-four to go. But my biggest issue is the lack of goals. Um, we're still minus three goal difference. Somehow, like coming uh, towards the end of the year, uh, we're not scoring enough. So, our, unfortunately, the lack of goals is not going to make up for our defensive deficiencies. If we were keeping clean sheets, I'd be more confident that we can nick a couple of wins here and there. Unfortunately, we're not. We're not scoring enough right now, so I don't give us a great chance of making top four unless the defence significantly improves, man.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. It's funny funny that you say that to us because speaking to the the Arsenal, uh, some of the Arsenal fans, they feel like Arteta has actually got the defensive aspects of his tactics down pat, but it's Mm. the going forward part of it that they seem to be a little bit clueless in. So it's interesting that you say that.
0: I still disagree, man. Just based on um, like, I've been conceded three at Old Trafford, conceded four at Anfield. I think we conceded was it four or five at um, at City. Where in, in these big games, I mean, these are the the big games are the games I'm expecting to see this like coming in with a system, this defensive stability. I'm, we're still not seeing it. It's just same old Arsenal, really, man. So leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion, man.
1: And especially when West Ham is also getting results against the same teams that are giving you four or five. You know. So I understand where Toast is coming Exactly. From. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Prez, um, before for, before we finish off with um Spurs, just wanna um talk about um Dele Ale man. It's been <laughs> under intense scrutiny for years now. One of the greatest fall-offs I've ever seen, because I was a huge fan. Um, curious case is definitely pending. Mm-hmm. Uh Conte came out and said when he when he first signed that. Um Ali has a future under him. But in these last two games against these promoted teams, Ali has been an unused substitute. Um what what has happened to him, in your opinion? Like what is it?
2: Yeah, for me, how old is he? He's like what 24, 25, something like that. Still
1: um, very young,
2: yeah. Yeah, so still fairly young uh, in his career. He hit um, you know, unimaginable, unimaginable unimaginable heights of success um early on in his in his career. Um so I don't know whether for me it's just a lack of desire. Is a lack of desire a lack of willingness to take yourself to that next level as a player? You it's know, not peaked early
1: because he was he was at a he was at a great level, like you said. So do you not think he's peaked early? It, yeah, there's, a, it, there's
2: an element of that, but you have to you have to say that like you can only use that so much because in order to stay at your your best, you have to put in the work, right? And in order to to hit a new level. have to put in the work and I feel like he hasn't had that interest in in doing that even like watching the um all or nothing series he just wanted you know there just seemed to be like a a lethargic nature about him wanting to be the the class clown all the time and yeah there just didn't seem to be uh, any real focus about anything that he did and you know I feel like that that combination there is is kind of what's led us to the Delhi Ali we see now, and the problem is, Tottenham are probably going to find it really hard to shift him in terms of getting any real money or value out of him. And I feel like they have been trying to shift him, but just yeah. can't find any buyers.
1: I don't see anyone grabbing him to be honest, unless a yeah. free. But exactly, yeah, it's tight, man. Um, all right, let's let's finish this pod off then with my daily beloved uh, Liverpool. After a convincing win against our city rivals, Everton, we had a tricky away game versus Wolves, um, a game that I always dread for some reason. Um, we ended up 1-0 winners in the absolute death of the game, thanks to Divock Origi. Um, Let me go with Toast. Yo. Because you said the dub pained you. Actually, I've been keeping a close <laughs> eye on Liverpool this season to settle nope. some agendas. Um, let's, let's, let's just um, cast back to, you know, start of the season. Like, have we met your expectations so far this season? or exceeded it or um
0: yeah (laughs) no more than exceeded um my expectations if i'm honest um obviously i feel like mohammed salah more or less kind of kept you guys afloat um towards the tail end of last year when you kind of had to kind of go on a run and get results results to secure the top four spot um mane had a bit of a down year and i mean i know is a world-class player but I did not expect him to kind of come back and be as consistent as he has been this season. I know he hasn't probably got the goal returns um, of old, but I mean, just in terms of the performances, just in terms of being such a key part of your front three, um, he's played really, really well. Um, Virgil van Dijk, having had an ACL injury myself, obviously not being a professional, but I obviously know how long it takes to kind of get back to the level you once were at. And I mean, he's just come in and been the, the Ballon d'Or Virgil, well, he didn't win the Ballon d'Or, but he should have. The Ballon d'Or Virgil of old, really, in my opinion. And um, the team from top to bottom, Henderson, again, another player I, I really don't like giving the flowers to. He's been extremely <laughs> consistent this season. Um, yeah, man, again, it, it was it was tough seeing Liverpool grab a late winner at night, plus four. I know you guys did, did that a couple of years ago. I think it was against Everton, same goal scorer Origi mm. He just has a knack for coming on and just, just getting these stupid late goals, man. It's very frustrating. <laughs> but, again, it's it's the sign of uh, a team that has kind of all the tools to win the league, you know. You might not necessarily score four or five, but you leave, you, you head back Burn to the like, three points, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man. I mean, like Liverpool, they're on smoke right now. So, yeah, agenda's up in the, up, up in the air right now. I can't lie.
1: Yeah, it's bad. Because obviously, watching that game, yeah, um, it was a very frustrating game. But, it wasn't one of them where I felt like the team that defended and played on a counter-attack was in control, which I usually have when teams like that play against Liverpool. I felt like we was in control from minute one and we looked the most likely to score, but it just didn't happen. Um, but for some reason, I knew we was going to get the winner. Somehow, way. As, as soon as I saw the five minutes, five minutes extra time, I was like, yeah, we're going to grab it here and then. I didn't know who, but boy, let's... let's um, Let's move on to the match winner then, Prez. Yep. Obviously, time and time again, my man Divock has come up good for us in moments, uh, like Tosin mentioned, where we look down and out. Um, you know, try to be as objective as possible. Um, as, as what kind of player? Because, <laughs> I mean, Divock is an interesting guy, man. As what, as what kind of player do you see him? And like, If even if you have to make a comparison... And yeah. can he even play as a main striker? Is he good enough to be a main striker for like, let's say a Wolves even, or like a Everton or something?
2: This is the thing. And it was, it's funny that you mentioned that because, you know, after I saw, uh, you know, him slapping the, the winner against Wolves, I was thinking this guy has definitely cemented himself as like, at the very least, like cult hero status at Liverpool. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's been he's relied on as like a, a clutch player that can bring up some really big moments for you guys but it, you know it has never been a question of whether he'll be good enough to ever break into the to the first team as a a sure starter because it's almost like Klopp has given him this role he's done Great in that role, and there isn't any room for anything more for him to come. So mm-hmm. even in the interview that he gave after the game, which I found quite amusing, it sounded more like he was trying to shop him more yeah, a
1: bit
0: like- disrespectful. Not, i did, I did I'm thinking the sure. manager's moving mad. He's yeah, done I he's did.
1: done it to another player as I forgot, he's done it to I think Ox or someone. Like just, just trying to show him. Like yeah. I
2: don't get it. That that was some sugar coated disrespects. But um, <laughs> yeah, for me, Origi I I feel like if he's happy to accept this role, then he should continue <laughs> in this way. As bad as it sounds, he's still fairly young, but he's winning stuff with Liverpool and he's playing his part when needed. Mm. Whereas if he went to a a, a lesser team um where he was the main guy i don't see him as a 15 20 premier league goals type of striker where he can he can lead the lead the line effectively and really lead the team in terms of goals Agreed. i see i see him in that sort of in in the pocket that liverpool have him in at the moment and he could he could really still benefit from that um in terms of the things that he wins and the part that he plays. So I feel like he, he has uh, a decision to make because it is a little bit of a crossroads, 26, uh, 26 years old. What do you want next for yourself and where mm. where do you really see yourself?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: I think he's content, man. I mean he's I he's very I he's very content. I, I think so. As I don't well. see Origi like dropping down to like a, an Everton or like a Wolves and even having the desire to be the main guy, like, like you yeah. said, he has scored so many important goals for Liverpool, like Champions League final, Champions League, um, the, semi- the Warriors, Barcelona, the League, obviously, um, the, the Derby goal against Everton,
1: semi finals like, versus Dortmund, Europa man, League. It's, yeah. it's
0: unbelievable, man. And you know what? It's one of those ones where there, there's very few players you can actually rely on to be a super sub and actually come up with these
1: clutch goals but he does. so what press or divok
2: come on man this is this to is a honest, serious question I, I would i would hold you know as a i can't speak for liverpool fans but in terms of the regard that i hold ole i would think that liverpool fans hold him at a similar regard i think that's probably the most i could say on that because i'm obviously going to be biased to ole Mm. But in terms of what he what divok means to the club, I can imagine that it's a similar standing.
1: Mm. No? I think I think Ole has the longevity. I think okay. Divok needs to get that. If he if he's happy to do the Ole thing at Liverpool, which I think he is, then calm. Um but I think once he gets that longevity, then yeah. But he's definitely hit that court hero. He's not the legend mm. yet, mm-hmm. as people, you know, as people are saying, but I think the court hero for sure. But yeah, you, you guys know my stance on Divok, man. I love that guy, man. And I think he's kind of been hard done by by the come-up of Salah, um, Mane, and all them, all them um, um, Klopp signings. Because remember, he was there when Brenda Rogers signed him, basically. So he's been here before Klopp. And in our Europa League run, um, if you guys remember where we lost the final to Sevilla, Sevilla yeah. he was our main striker and he was our main guy. And I always felt like Divock is a player that needs like a run in the team to, to get the best out of him. And I think he's very capable of leading the line because there's no question about Divock and his goal scoring. He can score all types of goals. He's, he's shown it like when played or when even he backs, he can score headers um, outside the box, volleys, um, the goal yesterday. Like he, can, he has it all in his locker. He's a fantastic finisher. And yeah, I don't know if he has the him to play for a smaller team and then, like you guys said, be become a fifty to 20, uh, twenty goal goal like in the league. But I don't know, man. I would like to see him get the chance because I still think there's a player in there, man. Like I'm, yeah. Divock has been my guy, man. So, <laughs> but it's not gonna happen at Liverpool. I know that. No, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see it. Um, yeah. What do you guys have for me, Liverpool? If not, we'll go to we we'll go to take some shots.
3: I mean, it's just like just watching Liverpool now. The only question I'd have, really drew is like, is there anything that you that worries you? Because to me, like you guys are playing the best football at the minute, and the only thing I see personally that I think, oh yeah, right, we can definitely catch you up on, is just defensively. I don't think you are as sound. Like you've yeah. gone from brilliant to very good and I know that's not a massive difference but it is that slight bit so I was just wondering from your viewpoint like as a Liverpool fan what worries you for the rest of the season
1: that's a very good question um uh, I wouldn't I would even say is the the squad depth because I think the depth are where we lack probably up front that's the only positions where we lack so I think i will kind of cool on that um Unless there's gonna be crazy injuries again, where like all four of them are injured at the same time, but like you said, yeah, maybe our defense because our defense is not as tight as I would like it to be. They were very good actually against um, um, against the um, wolves, but in other games where like we don't concede a lot of chances, but the chances that we concede are very criminal, and that's what that's what frustrates me because they're very high quality chances where the other team should. Probably put them away um allison has been great this season making fantastic saves so credit to him but if anything like you said yeah defensively because the type of chances we don't concede a lot of chances but when we do concede them they're like great chances for the opposition so yeah Yeah,
3: because it's like that that everton goal i mean that was one of their what only only chances of the game really but that like you were just wide open there that I thought And I, I personally thought Trent was at fault for that
1: Myself Oh uh, yeah I blame Matip to be honest Others blamed Allison Because he should have saved it One on one You can't blame the keeper I don't think Like fr- Through the legs man From that distance it's, I mean It is what it is man It is what it is um, Yeah I mean great That whole game Terrorised Trent To be honest I'm never going to cap I'm never going to cap But yeah if anything, it's going to be our defense.
2: Yeah, just on your defense. Do you feel like there's almost like a conceited air about your your back four, especially you know, I guess Van Dyke and you know the the style in which he he defends. Do you feel like that kind of spreads across the the whole back four in terms of yeah, you can have your chance, but you're. Likely not going to convert, and we're going to go and score up the other end, kind of thing. Do you do you get that that feeling?
1: Um, no, nah, I don't necessarily get that feeling, but what I do get is that because um, I, I, to be honest, I feel like across the board they're all defending better than than mm-hmm. they have been. It's like especially, I'm going to look at Trent. I think he's been defending. This is best time I've seen him like in a defensive tip as for as long as I've known him. So I don't I don't necessarily think it's that. But I think there's moments in games where they, the concentration just goes or where yeah. someone is too deep. The line is not as they're not together. I think it's just moments in games. And then the opposition picks up on that and they create great moments for themselves. And it's like, come on. Mm. You know, It's like they defend well. Like if we do it in minutes for like 80 minutes, most games. So there's always 10 minutes of madness. Of madness. Or if you calculate it all together, there's a 10 minute of madness or moments where the opposition can do it, man. It's Even in the game mm-hmm. against West Ham, those three goals were probably their only opportunities and probably they had one more and that was it. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think in general we've defended better but obviously the stats doesn't back it but I feel like we look better defensively as individuals but like as a collective it's not, yeah, it's this, it's, yeah, we're, we're, we're giving away too many good chances to the opposition, man and that needs to be eradicated. For yeah. sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. If that was it, is there any shots at the bar? I got a shot. To be honest, I can. Uh,
3: I've got one as well. Um,
1: yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Mine. Um, my shot's not for Chelsea men's football team because shit week, but for the ladies football team because we won the FA Cup. Fuck you, toast. We beat Arsenal yeah, three 0 <laughs> Ladies, ladies. Yeah, that's for
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to, shout out to Chelsea ladies um yeah I've got a shot um obviously I don't take too many shots as people be doing um you know be asking for praise for the bare minimum these days but today I will break the ban um my shot goes to the living living legend Divock Origi obviously enigmatic yet so mysterious like you never hear of his any off-field situations who he is dating who he is smashing what clubs he attends um, who who is Barber? You'd even you'd even know. He doesn't even get jewelry from a jewel, a star jeweler, whoever his name is. Like he just does his job, holds bench, and duck. Big fan of his since obviously his Hank days. Um, for me personally, like I said before, Sky was the limit for him, man. I've expressed many times the regret that he hasn't really kicked on at Liverpool, but I truly believe that you know this is not necessarily his fault. Um, as he is a is actually a good striker when given a chance. Uh, came on for Wolves and had blood in his eyes. He looked like he wanted the winner. He, he wanted it that bad. Link played well, was very strong. Wolves' defence couldn't handle him and ultimately bagged the winner. But, you know, a quick shout also to Salah and Van Dyke as well, man, because they, they played a major part in that goal as well. Um, the main man, one of my idolos in the club. Like club said, whatever club he goes next, I hope he does and, go and does well. Um, and absolutely smashes it on the lowest of keys I hope he will be given a run in this Liverpool team but of course that's not going to happen so yeah this shot's for Divock man big big shot Arsenal United boys any shots? nothing to like no, no shots for me man I mean no, none
0: for me, uh, a tough midweek loss uh, hey man nothing to nothing to, nothing to shot for actually uh, actually
2: actually I've got one I've got Oof. one just a quick one for Michael Carrick um, obviously he had his uh, caretaker manager job and he leaves unbeaten or left unbeaten and he was also a servant of the club for 15 plus years so just a shout out to him um, and whatever he decides to do next uh, in his endeavours and yeah uh, thanks for the memories
1: Nice one, thank you Michael Carrick All right. We'll end it here then uh, My name is Andrew aka Rapping Drew, we are the VBP boys and we're out Peace. And about my music.
3: Hey, Connie.